Good morning. Welcome to church. I'm Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you for being with me. You can get involved by going to the YouTube chat line and I will respond to your questions or comments. I really appreciate it. Good morning, everybody. Hi, y'all. Today, I want to talk about bearing your cross. Are you willing to bear your own cross? And I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, Last night, I was in uh, Washington, D.C. I guess it was last night. Yeah, yesterday. I spoke at an illegal alien conference. Uh, Steve Bannon was there and others who want to uh, make sure that a big, beautiful wall is put around the borders. Uh, no amnesty for illegal aliens. No more DACA programs. Send everybody back and make America great again. It was a very, very interesting conference. Very, very interesting. And what I noticed is, as usual, not a lot of blacks were there. And as I said at the conference, the reason that they are not involved because they have been convinced that the uh, illegal alien issue is about race. Because they have heard all their lives for the last 60 years is about racism. The whites just want to get rid of the colors. And it's about racism. It's about racism. It's about racism. And they believe that lie. Uh, and because they believe it, they won't even fight for themselves, for their own self-interest. Uh, blacks are being affected by illegal aliens first and foremost in the area of job, you know, housing, um, health care, crime. These people move education. These people moving into the inner cities first and uh, running blacks out because they don't like black people. But because blacks have been, not all, not all, not all, not all, but most, have been told it's about race, and they hate one another. The blacks and the Mexicans moving in like that, they hate one another. But unless their leaders tell them to do something, they're not going to do anything about it. And so we have to somehow or another re-educate them that this is not about color. It's about putting the country first. It's about taking care of yourself. These are... these gang members come from Motor, they ended up in the black communities. Uh, what's the name of that violent gang? MS-13. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, are, they, they live in the urban areas. And so we have to help educate blacks about that. It's unfortunate they believe in terms of lie that racism exists. Also, uh, James. James Esteban and Joel has their own show every Sunday morning at, from 9 to 10. And this morning, Mark called in and made a comment. And I guess James must didn't like it. So it's a hate report. So when Mark hung up, James said, idiot. Did you say idiot? Or, oh, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> And I wonder, did he hear that? Did Mark hear that? And so Mark heard it, James. <laughs> Especially now. So what? Especially now that you brought it out. And he mentioned it. He mentioned it when he saw me right now. He said, James called me a jerk. <laughs> and so when you call him a jerk, I wonder if he heard it. I'm like, wow, when did he hear that? Uh... But they, they are friends, so it's all right to talk about one another after they hang up. 
and can't defend themselves. Very brave. <laughs> yeah, very brave. <laughs> but uh, so we got to really do something about this situation, illegal alien situation. It's hurting all of us, and especially the black community. We got to help blacks realize it's not about the race thing. It's really not about race. Not one iota. All right, but they believe that it is. And when I had that anger, I believed that it was too. I believed that the white Republicans wanted to put, uh, uh, wanted to um, keep the blacks down, people of color down. And so when the Mexicans were coming in, I'm thinking, these are colored people too. And the white Republicans don't like colored people. So I went to uh, Washington, D.C. on Friday after the show, got there late last night, I mean Friday night, got up early and did the conference, went right back to the airport and got here at 12.30 last night. And so I ride home with the Uber driver. You know who that is? <laughs> the Uber people are taking over the airports. I mean, there was like thousands of them around there last night. And I didn't see any cabs. Yellow cabs. And the cab people fought against the Uber people coming into the airport. Now I see why. They're like everywhere, like little illegal aliens. <laughs> there was one driver who got there, and apparently the person that called him changed their mind. He was like, you can, I can take you. I'm like, no, you can't take me. Uh, I said, I've already ordered my car. He's like, no, 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 I can go. A, a little white boy. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. But they were just everywhere. But anyway, so this guy picked me up, a big black guy. And so he picked me up, and we ride, you know, he's taking me home. And then he was being kind of friendly. And then he, out of nowhere, he said, uh, so what do you think about President Trump? <laughs> a big black guy with a deep voice. I told him he needed to make commercials. Uh, I said, well, he's doing a fine job. He's like, really? I said, yeah. He, um, he's like, how is he doing a fine job? I said, first of all, he's bringing jobs back. He cut it back on taxes. He put in the country first, and I haven't seen that <coughs> since I've been voting. And then I said, what do you think about it? I'm all scared right now, right? Because I'm in this car by myself. <laughs> He could have taken me over on Crenshaw and cut my head off and left me there. <laughs> I, I said, so what do you think about him? He said, I don't like him. I said, really, why? Because, I, I, I don't know, I forgot what he said, something crazy. He doesn't care about blacks or something. He doesn't help blacks. And I said, well, what do you need? What do y'all need from him? And he's like, you know, the government programs and things like that. And so by this time, he passed my off-ramp. <laughs> We're supposed to get off at this off-ramp. I'm like, you just passed my off-ramp, sir. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm going to die. <laughs> Nobody will ever find me. I'm going to end up in the hood. <laughs> and then he finally turned around and went back the right way. But out of that conversation, I realized that the blacks, oh, he said that the, the, he, he doesn't do anything for blacks. And I'm thinking, what do you want him to do for you? 
You know, and I hear that a lot from the black that the Republicans don't do anything for them. And he asked me about that. I said, uh, he's doing a lot, you know, in the taxes and things. That's for me. And, uh, and so he, he brought me home, and then he asked for my business card. He like, oh, he asked me just before he dropped me off, are you a Republican? And I'm scared to say yes. <laughs> I'm like, which one is safer, to say no or yes? So I said, yeah, I'm a Republican. He's like, really? And I felt like a stranger at that moment. It was like saying that you believe in God at a Democratic convention. (laughs) And I said, yeah. So he asked for my card. I gave him the card. So we'll see what happens. But that's how things are out there. It's interesting. So um, I want Mary to turn to Matthew. Any questions or anything? Uh, Yes, sir. If you really felt like if you genuinely felt like you could be in danger, would you be against lying and being like, no, I'm an independent or I'm a Democrat? Have you ever done that? I haven't, but if I had to, I will. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I love the Democrats. <laughs> that old Maxine, right on. <laughs> That's my dog. <laughs> so I live to tell the truth another day. <laughs> uh, would you? If, yeah. if you were going to die, you would still tell me? Yeah, or if I was out on a date and the girl was going to, you know, walk out on me if I said I like Trump, yeah. You a lie? Hashtag do what you got to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if I lie if a girl going to walk out on me. But if my life is at risk, I don't know what I would do at that moment. Um, I'm sorry? My love life. Oh, Lord. What a mess, huh? So, Mary, I want you to pull up Matthew uh, 10 and read. Uh, I want you to, I'm going to have you read 37 through 38. And uh, the Bible go to guy, I'm going to pull up Luke 14, 14, 26 and 27. And then Mark 8, 34 to 35. Uh, uh, Foy, did you have your hand or are you striking your back? No, I have my hand up. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> now, you have all these thoughts popping into your mind as you're driving down. The, which ones are legitimate thoughts and which ones are not? And how That's do you pay question. attention to those thoughts? That's a very good question. None of them were. Right, right none of them were. As, because every time you get any thoughts about anything... It's all lies all the time. So you paid no attention to those thoughts and answered all the questions the way yeah. you wanted to answer. Right, so absolutely. So you were just joking. Because if you were in danger and then you were living in the presence of God, he will show you what to do. He will protect you. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and believe me, when he passed my off-ramp, <laughs> say you got busy. Because he was a big black guy, he had a deep voice. And so I would try to be friendly. I said, oh, you remind me of the four tops. <laughs> but uh, no, no, ever listen to thoughts. So my question is, are you willing to bear your own cross? Are you willing to do that? That's my question. Um... 
Let me just see the hands of the folks who are willing to bear your own cross first. Then I have a little thing to say. Wow. Everybody lying. <laughs> okay. So I got to ask this. And then I, uh, I, I have something really nice to show you. Um, let me see the hands again. Okay. Um, let me go here first. And then this young lady and, and force in the hat. Um, what does, how do you bear your own cross? Well, taking responsibility for my actions, taking responsibility for the people I'm responsible for. Um, That's bearing your cross? Well, sometimes I'm not responsible for the actions of the people I'm responsible for, but I am responsible for those people. So I need to be responsible for those actions. Okay. Is your first time here? Yes. Oh, welcome. What's your name? John. How did you hear about it, John? Uh, on the Internet. Oh, good, man. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. You say you're willing to bear your own cross. Yes. You are. And how do you do that? Um, I don't know. I think it's... You don't know. It, well... <laughs> You know, because when you say bearing your own cross, I mean, I heard people say that's my cross to bear. Right. So I guess it's, you know, doing the right thing, even in the face of people may not disagree. They may disagree with you. They may hate you. But it's doing what you know to be right. And you okay. have to bear that. You have to bear the consequences of that. And that's your cross. Okay. And do you do that? Mm, no. Oh, you I, I, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. I'm, so you, I, I saw this week that I did not. So you did not. Did what not. happened? If, oh, it's a long story. Work stuff. Just work oh, stuff, you know, just not speaking up and I should speak oh, up. Oh, okay. And, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. But, I, but the good thing about it is I can see it and I can see the resentment and I can really see it. And I'm just, um, you know, praying to God that he shows me how not to have the resentment. Just okay. to have the discernment and not the resentment. It's Beautiful, killing me. So. Yeah, it is. There's no life in that. Yeah. And for you say you're willing to bear your own cross. Yes. And how do you do that? Well, I've seen my uh, flaws and afflictions and compulsions fall away over the course of time. Effortlessly, I wish they weren't there and they disappeared. And so I have a couple left over here. And. I just watch them and see them. I don't really have to try, but I'm aware of them, and I wish they weren't there. Okay. And the last one is here. If you wish they were not there, why? Would, how are you willing to bear them if you wish they were not there? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I just heard him say, I wish they were not there. Well, that's all I can do. I can't do anything about them willfully. I just have to notice them and... and see them and not indulge myself in them. But why are you wishing that they were not there? Because I don't like them. <laughs> okay. Alright. Yes, sir. You're willing to bear your own cross? Yes. You are. And how do you do that? Uh, you die to yourself daily and go with whatever God says. And how do you die to yourself daily? Well, just obey God and don't worry about what the world says. And know that every voice in your head and every idea you have is of the devil. And just be. That's all I can. I can't describe it, but I know how to do it. So. Okay. Interesting. So, um, Mary, read 10, 
Matthew, this is so interesting, I think, at least to me. Uh, 10, 37 through 38. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Did you hear that? Oh, go to him with the mic. What did she just say? I really want you to get this. If you get this, you're going to fly like a bird. I want to fly like an eagle into the sea. Fly like Where? Into what? Oh, into the future. <laughs> into the sea. Black people know soul music. They might not know Jesus. <laughs> okay. You heard what she said? Yes. Uh, Can you kind of repeat what she just read? Yes. He that is worthy of me. Oh, no. He that loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loves her son or daughter is not worthy of me. And what does that mean to you? You need to put God above everything. Do you do that? Yes, I do. You're not speaking into the mic. You're waving it around. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not used to speaking into the mic. You do that? You've done that? Yes, yes. So you love God? Not all the time, but yes, I I, I try to do that. uh, You said not all the time? Not all the time. Sometimes I fail at that, yes. Oh, okay. So you love God more than you love your mama? Uh, Yes, I do. You love God more than you love... (laughs) (laughs) I have to. (laughs) You love God more than you love your mama? Uh, it's hard to say that. in a different way. In a different way, <laughs> uh, I love God. Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I have to love God more than my mother. Do you love God more than you love your mama? You <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> like? Uh. My mother tells me to say yes. So I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> His mother's sitting right next to that one. She's right here. <laughs> <laughs> His mother said right next Although to him, she told him to, to say God yes. It's, it's much easier to love God than it is to love my mother sometimes. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> okay. Uh, did I tell you Luke? Bobby, go to God. Okay, Luke 14, 26, that's 7. Anyone who comes to me without hating father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, and his own life too cannot be my disciple. No one who does not carry his cross and come after me can be my disciple. You know something? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh So did you hear what he just read? Tell me what you got from that. Oh, I got, well, that sounds good. <laughs> That's what I got from it. So do you love God more than you do your mother, your friends, your brother, your sister, anybody? I would say, okay, I would phrase it differently, but I guess it still means it ain't that. You would phrase it differently? Yeah, I would say that he takes precedence over everything. That doesn't mean anything. Okay. That's just a cute, educated way of saying it. No. Do, do you love God more than anybody else? Yes, I do. You do? Yeah, and... Um, you do? I do, and the reason I said the One way I wanted time, to say you do? it. Yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> Okay. And you want to justify what? Nothing. No, go ahead. I don't want to justify anything. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> this, is a, this is fellowship. It's not a test, all right? This is so good. This is going to blow your mind. Yes, sir. Well, if you don't love God first before anything else, you can't love anything else. 
Right. Kind of. It's, it's just you're not that's not loving something. You're just. Are you willing to bear your own cross? I'm not sure what that means yet. Oh, OK, good. Let me ask the guy that's sitting in the back that was late. Are you willing to bear your own cross? Uh, no. You're not? <laughs> An honest man in the house. That man shall be in heaven. Can we get a why? I want to know why. Yeah, I'm just asking right now. Yes, sir. Uh, one, thing I, one thing I did do notice from that passage, because um, I've heard it multiple times, but I, I noticed um, that there's like a linear love that you have for people in a way. Like everyone just seems to be a step below God. When you love God, it's just like, or when you put God first, if, I guess if that means put up your cross, you kind of, everybody that you thought you loved so much just becomes, it just becomes like a second thought, if that makes sense. Like you're like, oh, I, I thought I loved my mom more than my dad. I thought I loved my son and my daughter more than her but then you get to a, a point in your life where everybody just becomes a, a sheet underneath if that makes sense no yeah I don't know hey come back are you willing to bear your own cross yeah and if, how, if, if that's what that means yeah so what what'd you say if, if, it, if it, bearing your cross means putting God first and putting everybody on like the same level, like God, God's above, and then everybody's on this level. Then yeah. Oh, are you saying that's what it means to? If that's your... what it means, then yeah. Because oh, I don't okay. know exactly what it means. I have oh, to okay. know what it means, then I can answer the question. Right. But isn't this a good thing to think about? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, sir. I see your hand. Okay. Interesting. I see little minds working. What is he up to now? What is he doing? Yes. Yeah, you can't put... It, it, it's rooted in not having an idol. So you, what it means is to do God's will or to be in the will of God, he may call you away from someone or something, and you have to be willing to let that go, whether it be your children, your mother. So if God imparts in you, he wants you to do something, it's like, no, but Mama said that's not loving God. You got you to gotta be willing to lose everything and everybody and be alone if you have to but that's how you love God in that sense I don't know how to explain it but that's what I'm, I don't know I'm trying to explain it but it's not coming out right uh, you, in other words you got it, to, to love God above someone else you have to be willing to lose that person okay. if, if God imparts it or needs or need you to do it interesting I'm loving this are you in the afro are you are you willing to bear your own cross? I'm not exactly sure, but um, the way I feel about it or what I understand from it so far, it's taking responsibility for your actions and be able to face those things when the time comes and not being afraid of it, like, Basically, not taking responsibility for your own actions or your own beliefs or anything like that. Okay. One last person in the back. The lady. Me? Yes. Are you willing to bear your own cross? 
Yes. And what does, how do you do that? I don't know, but I am willing to do oh, it. Oh, okay, you don't know, sit next to Kent. But he's willing. Yes. Okay. Um, did you have your hand? Oh, hold on, just for the mic. Hold on, just for the mic. Hold on. Hi, Mike. Um, sometimes you need to also concern yourself with bearing the cross of others because you have the capacity to do so, and they don't. How do you bear someone else's cross? Sometimes people get into trouble because of whatever, and you need to bail them out of the trouble, even though you know that maybe you shouldn't, but, you know, just because you're in the, in the situation where you can take care of other people. So problems. you know that you should not bail them out, but you do it anyway? Well. And you call that bearing their cross? Well, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, maybe you shouldn't do something like that. But Thank you. But a lot of times. <laughs> Thank you. Ermis, are you willing to bear your own cross? Near the cross. Um, so I think sometimes. Sometimes you are. Yeah. And how does one bear his own cross? Just deal, taking what you have, you know, dealing with what you have to deal with and not complaining or just accepting what it is and just dealing with it. But I think for me it depends on how heavy the cross is and how long I have to bear it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll bear it as long as it's light, and I don't have to do it for long. And who, who did I tell to read Mark? No one? No one? Oh. Yes. You? For him, Proverbs 17, 18. So what? Proverbs 17, 18. Only a fool promises to pay another's debts. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you're right. I just realized what you're saying. Uh, I, I didn't tell anyone to read Mark. Oh, I did not. Mark, uh, Mark read Mark. 8. 34 and 35. That's my last one. 34, I put 39. Uh, chapter 8. I have 839. No, I want you to read chapter 8, 34 through 35. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, A little out of Mark for everybody. <clears throat> then he called. Oh, I have James call your name again. Okay. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, "Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it." You know, uh, over the last years or so, I've been saying that to people that you are not yourself; that you are someone else. Because when you were growing up and you resented your mother, you resented your father, you resented the situations that you had to go through as kids. When you resent someone, you become like them and you're no longer yourself. You're that person. You can get old being your mother and never being yourself. And when you're someone else, instead of who you are, you live their life. You've been conditioned by them. You've been socialized by them. You think and act like they do. You overreact to things as your mother did or father. Most of the time it's the mother, but you overreact to things as they did. And because you have forgotten who you were before this happened, you really think that it's you. It really it sounds like you. It feels like you because you have forgotten who you really are.
or who you were prior to the fall. And I was telling the guys, or maybe on my radio show, that I've noticed that men, not all, not all, but most men today don't even know what it is to be a man. They don't know how to think like a man. They don't know how to act like a man. They have everything about them is female because they have forgotten what it is to be a man. It was taken away from them by their mothers when they were little boys. And the same thing with girls. Girls become their mothers. Or if you had a a, a mean father that you were angry at, um, you become like your father and you lose every sense of your idea who you were prior to that. Isn't that amazing to live that way? And you could get old and die like that. And the reason that you die that way is because you're not willing to bear your own cross. You're not willing to bear the cross of overcoming your mother or overcoming your father or overcoming your peers, you know, your friends. It is really painful. I mean, it's not painful if you understand you need to let that go, but it's painful to the ego to let that other identity go. 90% of people are not themselves. That's why we have all this mess going on, because if you were yourself, you would have a sound mind and a good heart, a heart that is created in the image of God. But nobody is themselves. Most people are not themselves. And I know that because until God took my anger away and allowed me and caused me to grow in the right way, I didn't know that I, were, I was not myself. I didn't know that the thoughts I had, the feelings I had, had come from my mother. I did not know that. I knew there was something wrong with me because I was weak in society, very emotional and all that stuff, but I didn't know I had taken on someone else's identity. And until you can really see that and bear that, overcome that, you're never going to be a disciple of God. You're never going to be you. You got to overcome that other identity that's in you. You really, really do. And the way you do it is, I was, uh, there's this actor by the name of Tyrese, Tyrese Gibson. Gibson. Everybody know who he is? Yeah, Tyrese Gibson is an actor, a singer, a black guy, and he's real popular. And uh, he uh, apparently went through a divorce, and and then they went they went through this custody case. It sounds like they're still going through that. He has a little daughter, and the wife is trying to take the daughter away so that he doesn't even have any contact at all with his daughter, and he's taking it very very hard to the point that he went on YouTube and made a video about it. And he's like, I'm paying $13,000 a month right now. What more do you want? What more do you want? Uh, He's like, don't take my baby. I'm like, he shouldn't have said that part. Don't take my baby. That sounds like a black female. Don't take my baby. A man don't say, don't take my baby. But because he is his mother, he doesn't know that that's not the way to do it. He really doesn't know, so I can't hold it against him because he doesn't know what it is and how a man deal with life. And a woman, a real woman, deal with life. And so this guy is on there crying and boohooing and just really carrying on. First of all, I, I never would go on video 
and make a fool of myself like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I would just cry at home. <laughs> Drink a little wine. <laughs> uh, that's right. Lock my bedroom door and just boom. Oh, Lord, my baby. And nobody will ever know it but me and Jesus. <laughs> and so this guy went on, uh, made a YouTube video out of this. And now, not everybody, a whole lot of people making a mockery of him. They're mocking the guy. And he's like, where are my friends? Oh, apparently, according to him, the wife is lying to the daughter about him. And the daughter is apparently telling this to the counselor or somebody that the father beat him, beat her, beat her or something like that. Like you said, I only hit my daughter once when I was faking her. He's like, she's just lying. Somebody feeding this to her. And um, so he's going on and on about it. And then he said, where, where are my friends? I know millionaires. I know billionaires. And no one is standing with me. Where are my friends? And um, it, it's pretty pathetic. It could be sad if you were an emotional person. But when you stand back and really look at it, it's pathetic. It's not pathetic that he's going through it, but that he's putting on video. Because video, once you put it out there, it's out there. And it does never go away unless you destroy the videos. But um, even in my worst days, when I was a weak, pathetic, emotional, poor excuse of a person out there just carrying on, I knew not to write about it or put it on film. Anytime Because <laughs> I'm thinking, what, I, I had the sense to think, one day I might change, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and people that see you doing this crazy thing, these things, they don't forget anyway. They got to remind you all the time. I knew him when he was a whore. And here you are trying to be holy, right? But just imagine you have this on film being a whore or, or crying over some breakup or something like that. You can't say, no, I didn't do that. All right, here's the film. <laughs> So that's with him for life. Uh, And so Irma's said, hey, Jesse, why don't you make a video on your radio show telling this guy how to deal with this? Because we, you know, dealt with a lot of guys who are going through this. And so the first thing you do in bearing your cross, there is one primary thing you do first. Number one. What is it, Mary? Mary raised her hand. You know what it is? for you to tell me. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you wanted to tell me. No, no. Who wanted to tell me? Number, number, uh-uh, Mark, I know you know. I want an un- unholy person. <laughs> Who wanted to tell me the first thing that you do? Yes, sir. Hold on, put it in the mic. You uh, forgive your parents, forgive people, General? No, everything ain't about forgiving your parents. <laughs> At some point in life, you move away from that. <laughs> There's more to salvation than that. The one thing I do want to tell you about what parents do to children, and it's awful, is they, they live through their children. When the kids are growing up, they force the kids to become and be what they want them to be. You're going to college. 
You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be an Indian chief. Even if the kids don't want it. Even if the kids don't want it. They don't let that natural talent come out of the kids. They force you to college. They force you to learn. They force you to be what they want you to be. Taking you away from your natural course in life. You're like, no, mama. I want to be a garbage person. Pick up trash. No. You're going to college. And then the kids go to college and they're traumatized all over again. They're traumatized by making them get an education like that. And then when you go off to school, the teacher and education itself traumatize you. And so now you're a nutcase. <laughs> an alcoholic, you may have a degree, but you're insecure. You have doubt, worry, you're chasing the dollar bill, you're chasing friends, you're chasing everything. You're like into the world, totally into it, and your parents did that to you. You got to overcome that. You really got to bear that and overcome it. Because otherwise you would never be yourself. And I've seen this happen to so many kids, even since started born over the last 27 years. I've seen kids grow up, be so nice and innocent. And they're just forced to get A's and B's. You can't even, with parents like that, you're not allowed to get a B plus. No, that's not quite good enough. You can do better. I know you can do it. It's in you. And now the kid is thinking, a B plus is not good enough? No, you can do it, son or daughter. You can get an A. You got to put more into it. But I want to go outside and play. No. Anybody ever gone through that? You going through that, Jeremiah? Yeah. What, what happened? Tell on him. <laughs> no, it's just like in the past, I've like, if I get a B, who want me to get an A? Even like, if it's like, like I messed up on the final or something, and it dropped me down. He'll get pretty, he'll get upset a little bit. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. <laughs> That's evil. Why would any... Why would it? Just think about this. You are a son or daughter of God. And you have kids. You get married, you have some kids. And if you are truly a son or daughter of God, you know that God has guided your path. He gave you what he meant for you to have and he made it all possible. Why would you force the world onto your children like that? How come you don't know? Just be a good example, watch over them, and they would naturally become what they want to be in life or were created to be. Why don't we know that as parents? And so instead, we traumatize the children, and then if they look like they're failing a little bit, we boost their egos Excuse me, by telling them, you can do it. You know, it's in you. You just have to study a little harder. Stay off the computer. And then when they bring your A home, like the parents are like, yes! My son and my daughter made an A today. <laughs> my son and my daughter going to Princeton or Harvard. or They, don't, they never say to black colleges. Uh, going to Dr. King University. And the kids all messed up. Isn't that like amazing when you think about it? And then when they get out of school with these degrees, most of the time they don't end up do- doing what they went to school for. They become a grocery shopper or something. So you got to overcome all that. You got to overcome your surrounding. 
You got to overcome your environment. If you're not willing to endure those things, you would never be a disciple of God. That's what this is. You got to overcome your parents. You got to overcome all of them because you're not yourself. And then you start quoting the Bible and saying things that sound right, but the truth will be far from your heart. You still won't have peace. You read the Bible and you, you hear people talk about the truth and you just report that back, but it's so empty, it's so shallow, it has no life in it. Because you're not willing to bear the cross. So here's what you do. Like what I recommended to um, this actor, Tyrese. The first notice he got that he was going to court to have a divorce, go through a divorce. The first thing you have to do is be still and bear it. You got to be willing to accept whatever is happening. Be still and know God. When this woman said, I'm going to go, if she said that, I'm going to go to court and I'm going to take your child, you will never be able to see her again. And that's going to be shocking to a father, right? But take it. Don't resist it. And when you don't resist it, you stay calm. You stay in the presence of God. Then you start to see how to endure, how to overcome. And, and you will win the situation. You got to stay still in that very difficult moment because it's so shocking when you hear it. Now you feel afraid, you feel anger, you feel anxiety, and you just want to overreact and do something right away. First mistake. You got to stand still. Remember when the disciples were in the little boat with Jesus and they were telling him how wonderful he is? You know what, Jesus? You're the man. We believe in you. You from God. You're the Son of God. You're the Holy One. And Jesus like, Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, the scripture says you're a son of God. And so Jesus said, Okay, thank you very much. And then Jesus take a nap. He's like, Oh, tired. Tired to take a nap. Y'all watch over everything until I wake up. I've been busy saving souls all day. Healing the sick, raising the dead. So I'm, I'm gonna take a nap out here on this little boat. And so he goes to sleep, and while he's sleeping, a, a situation come, comes, and it causes the boat to start shaking a little bit. And right away, the disciples are like, oh my God, what are we going to do? This doesn't feel right. This is wrong. And they start freaking out. Jesus, Jesus, wake up, wake up, the boat is shaking. We're going to turn over. And he wakes up. What? The boat is shaking. He's like, why are you guys waking me up? And so he woke up and he, he told the water to be still. And the water stopped. And they're like, yes! I told you you were Jesus. He was like, shut up. <laughs> you guys are up here lying, saying that you recognize who I am, who sent me, and that you believe. And instead of telling the water to be still, you're overreacting and calling on me. That's how you do in your situations. When you do that in situations, you lose. You have no faith. You make the wrong decisions. It just gets worse rather than getting better. You got to be willing to endure those things. And it's going to be head aching, stomach aching pain at times. It all depends on the situation. But when that happens, 
stay still and take the pain. And I'm telling you, you start to, things will just start happening like magic and you can see your way out of that situation. But until you overcome all those things, you're not going to be sons and daughters of God. It's like when a mother has a child, right? In order for that child to grow in a physical sense, they have to cut the umbilical cord so that this child can go out and start growing. Well, that's how it is in a spiritual world. You got, you got to cut the umbilical cord of your parents and of your friends and of your environment. You got to die from that. You got to endure that. Then you can finally grow spiritually in the same manner that you grow physically when you're cut away from your mother. That makes sense? And so to endure, uh, to bear your cross, you've got to have the willingness to endure all things and not resist it by overreacting. I saw a hand. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, you, can, you can bear your cross, right? That's just something that you do. That's not something that happens continually all the time, right? But you're saying, can you get to that point? Or you're saying, you know, because I've been in that situation where, where, where you know, someone's saying, oh, you're not going to see your kids, blah, blah, blah. And then I was freaking out for a little bit, you know, go, going around telling everybody what's going on. And then until I got to the point, I was like, why? Like, what is this? What does this matter? Like, she doesn't have that much. This other person doesn't have that much power like that. Um, so I just, you know, I, I let it, gave it up to God and said, oh, you know, I'm not going to worry about this because something good is going to happen if I just give it, put in God's hands or, or not worry about it. And, and as soon as I did that, everything made sense. I got my kids more custody than what, you know, but, but that was, that happened then. Um, and I'm not, you know, that's just a scenario, right? But it's like hard to do that for every single scenario, right? You're saying continually do that, like continually all the time, all the time. and you'll get to a point where you can do that. All you'll the time. get to the point where it's, it's not even a thought anymore. It's, when something happens, you don't even think about it because now you're in the right, in the light, in the right place. You've developed to become who you really are, and so when situations come, because each situation dealt with properly prepares you for the next one, right? Yeah. And so each one get lighter and lighter and lighter. That's why God said, take on my ways. My ways are easy. My burdens are light. So if you could take on the little ones, when the big ones really start coming, you're ready for them. Mm-hmm. So you have to, it, it's become a way of life, but you got to overcome everything. You got to overcome your parents. You got to overcome judgment. You got to overcome the surrounding. You got and you can't do this on your own. It happens by you realizing that you got to do this. And the way you do it, whatever's happening to you, you got to know you deserve it. Yeah. Like, what's his boy's name? Tyrese. Tyrese deserve everything he's getting right now. He deserve it. And also, it's a wake-up call for him. Because the reason that he's in this condition, he didn't see what he was getting into. He didn't see how he was creating that environment for that to happen by doing certain things, giving in to certain things, being wrong about certain things, being weak about certain things. So he really brought it up on himself. And so when you endure this stuff, you got to know you deserve every bit of it. Yes. Yeah, Instead of thinking that, why this person treated me this way? I don't deserve this. We deserve what we get in life. 
And if you pay attention to yourself, you see that you bring it up on yourself. But your, your father, the deceiver, want you to think it's the other person. This is just a mean person. They ain't doing this to me. And it might be, but that's that mean person uh, creating their own dark life. But you're getting where you deserve. Everything Tyrese is going through right now, the loss of friends. One thing I know for sure and without a doubt, there are many things I know for sure, but what I know for sure, you don't really have friends. Nobody have friends. Ain't no such thing as a friend. <laughs> it's a lot to think you have a friend. I'm telling you. I'm telling you the truth, so help me God. If you think you have a friend, wait until you disagree or they disagree with you. <laughs> wait until they find out a little something about you. Wait until something happens. That friend is gone. And the first one to try to kill you. Ain't no such thing as friends. Your only friend is in Jesus. <laughs> Ain't no such thing as friends. Ain't no such thing as family member. Your family member will turn on you quicker than your enemy. But it's beautiful to know this because now you can overcome that. And so when they do it to you, you understand. It's not personal anymore. You know what I mean? You got to overcome all that. You got to endure that. That makes sense. Ain't no such thing as no friend. That's black. Ain't no such thing as no friend. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I said before that you can't love others until you love God first. I also believe that um, you can't love yourself more than you love God. But see, because those are just little phrases that you should forget about. Right. Right. Don't don't speak that way. Well, okay, but I you sound I, like a Christian. No. No. <laughs> Because what I mean is the Doesn't ego. Sound like a Bob and Tone, Tom, the, the talking. The ego is taking over. Spear feel. Yeah. It's the ego. But it's so shallow. It's so empty. Right. Do you see, who see that as empty? It sounds cute to you because the ego is saying, oh, he's saying, look, just tell him that you got to have love. You got to, but you need to see it. It need to be you. You know what I'm saying? And so be careful not to just be saying stuff that sound right. It's a trick from the devil. I heard Esteban, that's Esteban right now, on their show this morning, and he was talking about, they were talking about the new age religion. And Esteban had gone through that whole process. He lived it. He was, he was filled with the spirit by it, that spirit of that religion. And, and when he was explaining it, I'm like, oh, my God, that, that just made so much sense. Because I don't understand all these other religions and the spirit behind them. And when he was talking about it, I was watching it on my iPad as I was getting dressed. And I didn't want to miss a word of it. So I had to go to the bathroom, right? And so I, I put my phone onto my belt so I could hear it in the bathroom. And what I realized from that, Satan made a promise that he's going to imitate God. And that everything God does, he's going to do it too. And when he was talking about how those spirits operate and what they did to him and what they really mean, I was like, wow, that sounds like God. But it's just an impressive darkness doing the same thing, but it's not the same spirit. It's not the spirit of love. And you can believe that it is if you're not overcome all the world around you. Isn't that something? It was so deep. If you didn't hear it, can they podcast the show? 
Make sure you podcast a hate report. It is worth listening to. It really was interesting. And so, and I say that because Satan will take all those right words and have you talk about them in the public and you'll be feeling good. And because it sounds like the truth and the people who can't see that just shallow information will be like, yeah, that's a holy one. He's telling the truth. And there's a different, and it's just Satan playing you like that. That makes sense? I can't hear you. Uh, yes. What are you getting from what I just said, if you're getting anything? Well, it's almost like I should be quiet right now. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's deep, though. You're absolutely right. Um, any questions about this at all? Oh, yeah, right here. Oh, okay. I'm sorry? Oh, okay. All right, go ahead. You may have answered it already, but I may have missed it. Because um, I've heard you say before, endure, you got to endure it. Um, and I practiced that. It's something that I was able to endure, but some things I wasn't. Right. How do I get to a point where I can endure? Because I'll say, like, okay, let's endure it. But then I don't endure it. But don't say, let's endure it. <laughs> you cannot have a conversation with the devil. You cannot convince yourself to do any of these things. Of yourself, you can do nothing. You just need to realize you're not doing them. You know, that you're weak and that you're pathetic. When you can admit that and see that about yourself, then it starts to happen. But if you say, okay, let's do it, you're going to get beat up. And so when you don't endure them, just realize, oh, man, I didn't endure that. I was weak through it. And no big deal. Because part of Bearing the cross is to not only overcome your conditioning, your surrounding, all the brainwashing, you got to overcome the judgment too. And so when you get frustrated because you didn't endure that, then you're judging yourself and you're setting yourself up to fail again. So you're still, you're saying you're still almost enduring even when you're still, you're honest with yourself about it. Yes. You're not doing it. Because it takes a lot for people to be honest with themselves. How many people going to say, you know what, I was weak through that one. That was pitiful. That person going to say, no, 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 that was pretty good. I didn't do it perfectly, but I was pretty good at it. You know what I'm saying? So it's take, it's take bearing a cross to admit that you're wrong, that you're weak and pathetic. Absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah. Did I see another hand? Yes, James. Who don't understand this? I need to break it down a little bit more. Okay. Clint asks, does enduring mean you don't resent any situation? Right. Enduring means no matter what, don't resent. Don't have, and I don't don't want to, see, don't resent. Everybody know that now. I've been saying that for 27 years, right? (laughs) And so everybody knows don't resent. Huh? All right. Uh, but it's more than that at some point. Because at some point, you forgive your parents, right? Now you move on away from there. Next 20 years, you shouldn't be saying, oh, it's about forgiving your parents. Uh, endure me to, endure your cross means to just see and allow it to happen. Whatever is happening 
It's, it's part of don't resent. Don't make a judgment about it. Don't say, oh, this is wrong. This should not be happening to me. Why me? And don't have any opinion about it, even when you're feeling the headache and the stomach ache from it. Anybody ever had those pains? Look like Tyrese was having that. <laughs> There's nothing like those kind of pains and you fight against them. It, it just, it gets worse. But when you don't fight against it, after a while the water starts to calm down and you can see how to, what the first and the next step to take. You really, really can. But the moment you overreact, you lose. You got, no matter what it is, if it's at work, if you're afraid of losing a job, or whatever it might be, just calm down and don't listen to your father the devil. I wish I had known this. Well, I don't wish it. I'm glad I went through it. When I used to date a lot, and, and if I broke up with a girl, it was like, you might want to take my life. <laughs> you know what? Take my life, but give me her. <laughs> You've had that, right? Anybody ever had that? You had that? What, what does that feel like to go through that? It's so bad that it's not even worth the good part of the relationship. That's like, right. The pain of when it ends is so bad, it's like it's not even worth going through the happy part again. That's right. You wonder, why did God make woman? Did you make her just to make me suffer? What were you thinking of? It's like, take my life, but don't take my woman. I'll... It would have been nice, I guess, had I known to just endure that. Because what it would allow me to see way back then that I would have made her into a god. She was my life source. I didn't know I would put her in the place of God. And so all the pain I was having was about God leaving me. And so you have to endure that, men and women. If it, if it looked like it hurt, ladies, because this man want to leave, let him go. And take the pain so you can grow into a nice young lady. And all your needs will be provided. Everything in your life will come. It will naturally come. Because you're dying away from the darkness and growing into the light. If you got to cry over it, let it go. You ever cried over a man? I can't hear. They can't hear. I don't have to say it. Yeah. Yes. You cried over her. It's hard to break yeah. up with somebody that you like or you want them to like you but you can't make somebody like you. You can't make somebody my, stay. I want my man back. I want my baby. Yeah. <laughs> my baby. A grown man. But you gotta endure that. Really. You gotta relax and don't resist it. You gotta carry your cross. Bear your cross. Alright. And then I know there, if you want to read the rest of the suggestions I made but if you do that one First, everything else will become clear to you. If you just relax and take it. Because right away you want to fight it. You want to resist it. You got to take it. Really, no matter what it is. And it's going to turn out so nice it'll blow your mind. Did you have your hand? I did. Oh, okay. One last one and we're out of here. You know, when that moment of pain or embarrassment strikes, same thing. Um... It seems to morph magically into resentment, into that judgment of the pain. In fact, sometimes the pain is so strong initially that I already think I have judged in resenting. I can't tell the difference 
And so it'll overcome me. It, it'll morph into the resentment and the judgment and everything. And now it's all big, one big mess. Not only do I have the pain, but the judgment. And the re- it's a mess. Yeah. And uh, I haven't been aware enough to see, you know, the difference, the razor's edge difference between that. You know, when that occurs and all that stuff just came to yeah. me. Well, this is the only way that you will ever become yourself. And yourself is nothing like what you're living, what you're thinking, the way you're acting. That's not you at all. Not one. Oh, yourself is 100% different than what you know. And you don't really know it until it is revealed to you as you're living life. You start to realize, wow, it's nice to be me. I never would have done those things. But you got to let all this go. You got to overcome all of that stuff that's been happening to you in your homes. Your parents forced education on you, make you feel like if you don't get a degree, you're nothing, or if you don't live in a certain place or act a certain way, whatever they have done to you, you got to forgive them. You got to endure that, all right, so that you can become you. This make sense? Any questions about that, young lady in the, in the beautiful hair? Let's get to the mic first. Y'all boys ready to go home, huh? I never mean last one when I say last one. That's Joel on the radio. He cut me off. Well, you said we're going to a break. <laughs> yes. Do you? This makes sense? Mm-hmm. I can't hear you. Yes. In what way? It just is what I needed to hear right now. Yeah. I'm telling you, whatever it is, endure it. You need it. You deserve it. And, and if you get this as a young person, you're going to walk on water at 30. You're going to fly around on clouds and everybody's going to be jealous. But, you, I mean, to hear this at a young age, is, this is what your parents should have been, uh, been an example of. Not teaching this, but living it so you can see how to do it. But don't, don't just relax. You deserve it. How many people know you deserve everything you get? Oh, good. So when it comes, how everybody raising their hand right now, right? But when it comes, remember that. Because the shock of it can make you dizzy. Before I understood this, I used to hear stuff and it would be so crazy that it would be shocking to my mind that it would make me dizzy. And it would be all in my stomach. And then it just hurt. Everything hurt. And then you just want to go jump off a bridge or something. Because in those moments, if you resist it, it feels like you want to kill yourself. But if you just go on, do what you do, go shopping, and, and whatever you're doing, visit, just go. People don't know you're going through this if you don't act it out. Only you, the devil, and God knows. And so just let it happen with them because the whole change that we are talking about, overcoming the world, it's not about trying to physically overcome the world. You do know that, right? Like, I'm not going to that party. That's a worldly party. I'm not, I'm not going to listen to rock and roll music. That's worldly. You've heard Christians say that? I'm not going to. Esmeralda, you don't listen to rock and roll, right? Just the worldly? I'm not going to listen to rock. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to listen to this. And they think that's what it means to overcome the world? No. 
It means to overcome that world inside of you. That's what it means. To overcome that not you. That environment that's been created by your parents and then you're overreacting to everything else. That's what that means. And then you will naturally have the physical world will fall in place where you will have the right relationship with that. But most Christians say it means to overcome that first and it doesn't. And that's why it doesn't work. Everything starts within first. That makes sense? Uh-huh. Yes, Hermes. Last question. Last one, Jeremiah. Yeah, I'm having a hard time quite grasping the idea of deserving everything you get. Right. If no somebody ego does, want to grasp that. If somebody does something to you and you know you didn't do anything to bring necessarily bring that on, how do you deserve that treatment that, or that situation? Isn't that perfect? That's such a perfect question, Hermes. It really, really is. Let me get a holy one to answer it. Repeat the, come here and repeat the question so they can hear you. Just out of that doorway. Yeah. If you're dealing with a situation and somebody does something to you or mistreats you in a way that you don't see that you brought it up on yourself, how do you deserve that treatment or that predicament? So if somebody doing something that's wrong to you and you don't see you deserve that, how do you accept or say, I deserve this? Is that right, Herman? Yeah. All right. Isn't that a good question? It's too broad, though. Too broad? How do you accept? If you can't see what you did to bring it on, well, how do you accept that? Is this a relationship? Your kids? Just, it anything. It could be anything. This is such a good way to end. Because this is what the average person thinks. Because if yeah, I, I could see it, then I could, I'm more <laughs> likely to be able to accept that, oh, you know what, I did this wrong. But if I can't see what I did, how do I... Bear that and accept it. If I don't see what I've done wrong to bring it on myself. That's perfect. Absolutely perfect. That's so perfect, I can boohoo. <laughs> Do young lady want to respond? And then Mark. No, I didn't have an answer. I was just going to try to oh. specify what he meant since he didn't know. Like, Maybe if you're like in an argument with somebody and they call you a name, like you can think, okay, I deserve that because I've been mean, I've been doing something wrong. But I think what he means and what I have trouble understanding, too, is if you're doing absolutely nothing and somebody comes and attacks you or, you know, whatever, how can you accept that you deserved it if you did nothing to them right. to get that treatment? That's right. Yeah. Good question. Isn't that a good question, Dalai? Yeah. All right. Mark want to answer it. And then I'll just ride on it a little bit and we're done. We're done. You comb your hair, you can be patient. I think um, we messed up along the way when we said we don't deserve it. We're controlling the outcome of the situation. For example, I'm having a conversation. I may say something mean to Mary. She says something mean back. I'm like, okay, I deserve that. See, it's in my control here. I allowed it. I permitted it. And then if I'm just driving down the street and someone throws something, a brick through my window, I, I didn't allow that. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I'm having control over the situation where it's not up to me. I don't know what reason God is going to have a brick go through my window. And I don't need to know why. I just need to go through it. So when I say, oh, but I did nothing to that guy, I'm judging. I'm controlling the situation. Just to add to it, yes, ma'am. Sometimes things happen to us, not for us, but for the other person. 
if somebody comes up to you and and you just go blah blah blah, it cuts them right off. Because one time I I came out of somewhere and the guy he got he came out of the window and said you and why did you do that? And I said I'm sorry, totally my fault. I I am so sorry. And he just went back in his car and that was it. So it may have been more for him than for me. You may actually save somebody's life by the way you respond to their kind of craziness when you just answer them and it shuts it down. And then they're not not as crazy maybe that day or something. Maybe you start something. (laughs) Maybe it's for them and not for you. Last word right here. Okay, so he used the example of someone throwing a brick through your window. Um, yeah, like, I can see accepting it, like, it happened, whatever. That still doesn't answer, like, no, I don't deserve it. <laughs> I didn't do anything to deserve it. Right. There's a difference between deserving and accepting. Amazing. Don't raise your hand, boy. <laughs> James yelling at me already. We passed time. Go ahead, Ken. I, I think that, you know, when you get in situations and you feel like you didn't deserve it, if you look really closely at yourself, you'll see that you're attached to something around the situation. And, you know, that that's the emotional side to it. Like, why did it happen to me? And if a brick goes through your window, you know, maybe you're too attached to the car that you have because, you know, it's a car that you bought <laughs> with your own money and you feel something strong about it. And, and now you're like, well, I didn't deserve that. That brick literally came through. And, and actually, the, the lesson may be just let go. You know, you can buy a new window. It's going to work the same. So I think all these things that are happening to us every day are, are really opportunities to learn um, and, and to let go and, and to actually look at these situations as blessings and not curses. Okay. And the young lady here just wanted to have the last word. And then I'm done. Nobody ever raised your hand. Because I can hear it now. I raised my hand and you didn't come to me. Right here. And you say? I didn't, say, I didn't raise my hand. What about when things happen to you and you didn't deserve it? Uh, let's see here. I guess, um, okay, I, I guess I could say maybe at some point in my life, maybe I put some negative energy out there and did something. So suppose I did something like, say, when I was 14. Uh, and so well, the way the, somebody explained this and it kind of stuck in my mind they said the universe is like a big circle okay so you may have done something here and uh, it goes around and you could be uh, 80 a years old louder. They think, the motorcycle they, growing okay up. they said it goes around you could be 80 years old and then it comes time for you to uh, settle that debt and get paid back with something you know so the initial energy that I put out was uh, negative energy so I come over here and get hit with something <laughs> else and it's negative energy so i may not relate the two together um but um it could be something that you've done in the past and could be you know getting it settled in the universe with this other thing it's better that they don't do it because like once you pay back and you know like of course i paid back when somebody's done something to me you create so something did something wrong and you did it back to them uh, well, he, I may, you know, respond in a way that the energy is not, you know, So if somebody positive. did something to you, you got them back? Um, well, you know, for me, it's probably going to be something like an argument or whatever. I'm not really going to get into shooting anybody, so I somebody, don't think. You don't have to tell me who it was or what it was, but somebody did something to you, and you got revenge. 
Um, I keep making it sound worse and worse. Huh? Yeah, you're taking me places <laughs> that I wouldn't ordinarily go yeah. with this type of thing. That's but right. anyway, so the anger is, uh, you know, <laughs> something that um, you put you you put something out at one point, and uh, years could have passed, and uh, you've forgotten about it, and then something totally unrelated in your mind could happen to you. Uh, but the source of both of them is negative energy. Oh, okay. okay. Man, I hate not to come to you. Will you make it short? Because he's young, and he's trying to figure out all this life thing. I don't want him to get old like all of us. I wouldn't necessarily say that we all deserve exactly what happened to us, but it's the suffering part and the enduring part that we all deserve to go through. Um, my question would be, I went to Irma's comeback. My question would be, who am I that I don't deserve this? You all, we're all sinners. Why don't we deserve it? Christ suffered and he didn't deserve it. But yet he willingly endured it. And the ego want you to think you don't deserve it, but it's a lie. The question should be, who am I that I don't deserve this? That's right. And it's only when you die from that ego, you start to see, I deserve what I get. But then when you can see that and don't judge it, don't resent it, be okay about it, you start to overcome. Then somebody mentioned, I think over here, you mentioned you start to wake up and you see what's going on. And you overcome more, you overcome more. But if you don't think you deserve it, that's why people get mad. You don't deserve to talk to me like that. You don't deserve to, I don't deserve you lying on me. I don't deserve you whatever, whatever. Why not? Only the ego tell you that you don't, which is another lie. You deserve everything you get. And if you want to endure, if you want to bear your cross, you better hurry up and accept that. Who are you? Just think about it. Who are you that you, somebody can't lie on you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who are you that someone can't, whatever they do to you? So that should be the question. This was fun. I, was, I went over, and sometimes it happens. I don't want to be locked in a block where we got to start right at the top of the hour and everybody going nowhere. You know? Um, what I want to say. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Uh, we provide counseling. We have the best counseling service where you only need, at best, two sessions. You might not need but one. We don't keep you coming back and taking your money. Uh, so just call and set up a time. We also have um, our first meeting on Thursday of the month, the first Thursday. Tell them, Mark. Give Mark the mic so he can tell him what we need. Oh, the mics are gone. Every first Thursday night of the month, we have men's meeting only. We had one this past Thursday. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh And then the third Thursday for ladies only. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh And then Sunday morning church. We need your support. We need your donation, your tithing. We got to move. We got to buy a building, get out of here. They're going to tear it down, build an apartment, make money, which is nothing wrong with that. Uh, so we need that. Tune into the radio show Monday through Friday. Uh, everybody and their mama, really good shows. And uh, anything else, Hermes? Yeah, we're looking for a uh, public relations, a marketing intern. So if you know anybody, a young person that's good at, wants to learn about PR, marketing, social media, uh, give us a call. Looking for a PR person for the public relations and the marketing department. Yeah, we work on the church, 
Okay. All right, so if you do, send us a little resume, and uh, we'll talk to you. All right, I hope this helped today. Yes. I hope it did. Thank you all for coming as well. I appreciate it. All right, so...